We've got Mike, Dave, and Mitch for another episode of Mormon Talk. Whoa! Thank you. Wow. Thank, thank you. Wow. They seem a little perturbed. Wow. Everybody's a little irritated, so we need to smooth it over here a little bit. Oh, I think. Oh, I know. I know why. Why? Uh, because I. Let me do this again. Welcome to another episode of Mormon Talk with Mike, Mitch, and Dave, and our beautiful listeners. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got some of them. Yeah, there's a couple Thanks, clapping guys. there. Yeah. Oh, that's my mom. And- oh, hey, mom. <laughs> if our mom was in the audience, David. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, folks. We have green jello with carrots today. Green jello with carrots. That was favorites as a kidding. It was terrible. I still don't know why people eat. Yes. We have some feedback from Legion. Legion has joined us for this episode just for a moment. Legion, what did you think about the green jello with carrots? <laughs> Oh, well, they're jumping off the cliff. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. We're talking about culture in the church of Jesus Christ. And we're going to talk about some of the really funny cultural, a.k.a. green jello with carrot bits uh, of LDS culture today. Let's talk about some hilarious traditions and cultures. I just want to say a lot of our episodes poke fun. We're poking fun at ourselves. Yes. Thinking back to when I was Mormon. Yeah. The things that I would do. Yeah. But uh, that's right. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Uh, We'd like to kick it off with our initial segment here. We've got a a well-known newspaper columnist. To share some of her thoughts again when we talk about the LDS Church in the news. All right, Jana Rice. I should look up somehow, somewhere, if that's the way that she pronounces her last name. Is it Rice or Reese? Rice. R-I-E-S-S. I just think Rice, like the white stuff. Reese, oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> Jana Rice, doing away with the, quote, live LDS Temple Endowment erases more than history. Subtitle, the slicker film doesn't pack the same breadth and depth of meaning. Slicker film? (laughs) Yeah. She's just fantastic, isn't she? All right. In the summer of 20... Wait wait a minute. They don't don't wear the the robes anymore. They wear slickers? (laughs) I have no fucking idea what she's talking about. I, yeah. I, I think I do. She's talking about probably the latest version of the Temple movie since it's yeah. been changed like how many times? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. And speaking of, yeah. So here she goes. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's kind of t- longer than it needs to be, uh, which is something Mitch has never heard hey, whoa. in his life. <laughs> Frankie, come on. Don't give him that. That hurt. <laughs> okay, here we go. In the summer of 2019, on a trip to Salt Lake City, I spent an afternoon at the temple. And again, I ask why? Why are you spending time 
or how? How is a better question, yeah. That's right. She doesn't pay her tithing anymore. How does she have a temple recommend? I need to talk to her bishop and her state president immediately. I guess wow. between the Lord. All right. Anyway, yes. There I was able to take advantage of a, quote, live endowment session. So this is 2019. Okay, well then, yes. So she, she went to either well. Salt, no, Salt Lake's being renovated. Oh, so this was 2019. So I, that's I before would it started. Somehow. Yeah, so it must have been before it started. Uh, a live endowment session, one that used ordinary members to play the parts of Adam, Eve, and other characters in the creation story rather than just having attendees watch that drama unfold in the Temple movie. So I would pause there for just a moment. Ordinary members... I guess ordinary ninety-year-old plus members, maybe. <laughs> have, uh, you, have you been to a live session? I have, I have as well. Yes. Okay, uh, you've both seen it. Yeah. So Adam is not very convincing as a ninety-year-old <laughs> dude. <laughs> Bite this apple; it'll help. Uh, come on, yeah. take, take your dentures out and suck on it. <laughs> Bite my apples. <laughs> No, it actually was very convincing to me because Adam essentially is God. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, the Brigham. Yes, the Brigham you know, I know revelation. I can already tell where this article is going. I told a friend that since the Salt Lake Temple was scheduled to be renovated from top to bottom, so this is before it started, Dave, the renovation, mm -hmm. I wondered whether it might lose its unusual live sessions once the renovations were finished. Just in case, I wanted to experience a live session one last time. I'm glad I did. Since the church announced last week that the Salt Lake and Manti temples, the last remaining LDS temples to use, quote, live actors, unquote, to play the various roles, are being retrofitted to become like every other temple in that respect. Hmm. Worshipples. Worshipples. <laughs> Worshipples. <laughs> if you worship long enough, you finally become a worshipple. Yes, a worshiper. <laughs> That's a top tier worshiper, a worshiper. Yeah. Worshippers will no longer progress from room to room as the creation story unfolds, but instead, quote, transition to single room presentations by film, unquote. Also being lost, the historic murals on the temple's interior walls, which are beloved by many members. Actually, that's surprising to me. I would have thought they would have tried to keep those intact, the those murals. Mm -hmm. They were painted in like when the temple was first created, yeah. right? That's or built. Really surprising. Yeah. 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 Uh, the church's announcement emphasizes how much more efficient the renovated temples are going to be. The Salt Lake Temple will be able to have double the number of patrons and can host endowment sessions at least every half hour instead of every hour. The watchwords in the news release are things like, quote, greater capacity, quote, larger, and quote, more. It strikes me as the height of the church's modern corporate mentality that bigger is by definition better. And here's another buzzword, quote, same, as the announcement states. With each of these temples, there is a desire to ensure that learning and experience are similar for all who come to temp the temple from anywhere in the world. The same ordinances, covenants, and authority are available in every temple and will now be presented in the same way and now in more than 80 languages. Unquote. So again, the emphasis is on efficiency. Get That's right. those people through there. Come on, herd them in. Yeah, numbers, herd them in. Numbers. Yeah, that's right. I, it sounds like some gold art holding member that's like, 
they used to serve escargot at the golf meets, and now they're serving sushi. <laughs> they're going against tradition. Like, yeah. Tradition. Yeah. Yes, that's part of our episode. We're going to get into that. She says, I'm sad that there will no longer be a single Latter-day Saint temple anywhere in the world that preserves the live endowment. It's not like there aren't more than a dozen other temples right there in Utah, all showing the temple movie and contributing to the sameness of the experience all over the world. Why couldn't just one or two temples retain this important link to our history? Why is it important? I'm just... History is always important. Yeah. Okay. My first experience, Salt Lake Temple, live session, and it's the part where Lucifer comes out. And instead of the green apron, which everyone has got a black one, one, and it's filled with occult symbols. Now, here's my question. Ah, Here's my question. (laughs) How did they know which symbols to put on there? Ah, very good. Revelation. David, I'm disappointed. Really? Yeah. From yeah. Satan himself, I guess. Yes. <laughs> Who was that revelation from, David? Could it be the dark one? Satan? <laughs> uh, she says, I'm not belly aching just for the sake of resisting changes to the temple. The fact that she used the word belly aching is a little surprising to me. I mean, there are plenty of aspects of the temple that I'm thrilled are firmly behind us, like forbidding anyone with African ancestry from entering the building. She says in parentheses, this is the longest parenthetical thing I've seen in a long time here. But So there's a parenthesis here, okay? In fact, Mormon racism was once so entrenched that in 1966, President David O. McKay and his counselors clarified that temple ordinances could not be performed for black people, even if they were dead. The policy was that any deceased person could be baptized or endowed, quote, except those of known Negro blood without the consideration of worthiness or any other qualification, unquote. In other words, a murderer or rapist who had white skin in life could still receive temple ordinances, but no people with black skin could, regardless of their righteousness. Closed parenthesis. My question: hmm. Did they ever apologize for that? Or did they just change it. I uh, no, no, you you don't apologize because that assumes that you were wrong, and they weren't wrong. They just hadn't been updated. <laughs> Literally, it's not their fault. They didn't get the memo back then. It was a pony. No, not the Pony Express. But uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Probably. It's a good it question. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. No, you'll never hear those two words strung together by LDS. Well, Oak came out and and stated that. We don't apologize. You shouldn't expect the leaders to apologize. The church, for that matter. But it's frustrating because what I hear when I read, and not like a dig against Jana personally, because I I understand to a point. But when stuff like that is said, and it's like, well, at least they've progressed and they don't exclude blacks anymore. One, did they ever apologize? Did they ever recognize that that was a huge mistake? Hurt probably no. millions of people. Yeah. No, of course not. No. And then <laughs> such a double standard. It's like I'm I'm glad for the progress they've made. They excluded one group of people and they decided to include them and now they're excluding others still. So yeah, making progress. Yeah. Progress. Yeah. You've shared some of these tidbits she references here in your for your information segment in the past dave uh she says other temple policies and practices that i would venture to guess no one misses include two gems from brigham young's time that a man quote should not touch a woman for 10 days quote before receiving his endowment and that a woman 
quote, should not go for a week after her menses was upon her, unquote. Mm-hmm. And this is that, a church that, that she's cult to anyone. <laughs> she's happy to be a member, Mitch. Come on. My point is that temple rituals have evolved. The clothing we wear to the temple, whom we consider worthy to enter it, and at what time of the month, the sacred rites we perform there. The <laughs> yeah, she says. <laughs> in these ways and more, the temple's vastly different today than in the past. For example, we no longer baptize members of the church for their own health and healing. That was... Have we mentioned that? They, they were baptized in the temple to like help their health? Wow. I don't think we've mentioned that one. Anyway, she says, no one who is struggling with cancer or heart disease gets to enjoy a special temple ritual of immersion in baptismal waters. I guess there was something going on with that. Today, temple baptisms are performed only for the dead, and they are rites of otherworldly salvation, not earthly health. The ritual of the second anointing, once common among members, is now restricted only to the highest church leaders. Oh, really? So, there is a second anointing. For some star show. Yeah. Uh, Otherworldly. So here's the thing that cracks me up. This is a typical Janet Rice statement. Ready? This is normal. In a living religion, some things endure, some things disappear, and all things change over time. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> Here, here's my take on, on this true person. Not she's, uh, she's extremely brilliant to the point of being out to lunch. Yeah. She's yeah. Dis- there's a disconnect there. Yeah. I've said that before, but I would be very, very surprised. I'd be surprised in a year if she's true. I'm I'm giving a big cushion, but that kind of mindset we all had. She is extremely smart. She's thinking for herself. She's pushing against love that. It still frustrates me, though, when, like, be an advocate, and then in the very next paragraph, we need to do this. The temple is, you know, it's normal that this happens in religion. No, 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 no. That's yeah. Normal. Yeah. It's not. And I know. Yeah. It, I, I would really appreciate Jana Rice's exact same articles if she left the fucking church. She would be totally authentic then to me. Yeah. And every process is different. Yeah. The thing is. And, you know. I'm yeah. looking forward, hopefully, to the. I can't wait to have her on the podcast. <laughs> I'd love to have her on the show. That's sooner than later. So that I would. I'd love to have her on the show. Yeah. Um, but yeah. anyway. She's smart. All right, guys. Well, that was a long time on the church news, but let us not forget our favorite segment hosted by the infamous David called For Your Information. All right, kitties, gather around. We're going to go back to the year 1969. Oh. Let me tell you a little story. This one is really fun. March 11th, that year, 1969, David Ben-Gurion, Israel's former prime minister, tells Apostle Ezra Taft Benson, quote, There are no people in the world who understand Jews like Mormons, unquote. Benson replies, Mr. Ben-Gurion, there are no people in this world who understand the world like the Mormons. So he gives him a compliment. And then Benson turns around and shits on him. <laughs> you guys, you know, I appreciate your understanding of the Jews. You know, you should appreciate that we're the fucking smartest people in the whole world. 
<laughs> we understand it. And we know every. Yeah, he used he used the word world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No arrogance there. No, there's not. Okay. May 21st, first presidency letter allows LDS servicemen in Vietnam to dye the regular one-piece temple garment to match the green color of military issue underwear. <laughs> That's wrong. Wow. <laughs> that, that one surprised the hell out that of me. That actually is interesting because I wondered when that started because when I was in the ROTC at BYU – Yes. I thought at one time I might want to go through officer school, etc. I found that guys, so part of the guys who were in the ROTC were already in the army. And so they were just doing it as part of college as their trek toward officerhood, right? Um, I don't think that's a real word, officerhood, but anyway, you get the point. And so I, they were wearing garments and stuff because they were guys who'd been, and so they, and I, I remember hanging out at a, uh, one of the guys, on campus housing places and we're getting ready to go over to the ROTC thing. And he's got green colored garments. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you didn't know. And I was like, yeah, that did what? And it just struck me as like, how is that? Okay. Aren't they supposed to be white? It's the markings that count. Yeah. You could have black garments, I guess, with silver markings. That'd be cool. That would be really cool. That would be cool. I like, know. I get a pair. Just redesign <laughs> I, I want a pair of garments with all those symbols. Lucifer's little guy. Uh, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, cool yeah. Halloween costume. I buy the hell out of that <laughs> stuff. They should redesign <laughs> garments to be like these index superhero type <laughs> underwear. <laughs> and so... When the world needs the world. Oh, oh my god. Oh. The second coming happens and the millennial is usher, ushered in. Oh. Millennium. Sorry. Yeah. Millennial. I know. I mean, they call me Mitch, but my name is my name is Super Nephi. Oh my god. Alrighty, Dave, next. <laughs> okay. October twentieth. While BYU's basketball team is playing University of Wyoming at Laramie, 14 African-Americans are disqualified from Wyoming's team for wearing black armbands to protest uh, the right. LDS priesthood. Yeah, I remember so, this. Yeah, Remember uh, the year, 60, 69, we got the Black Panther thing going 14 on. 14 from 69. Yeah. Wasn't this the same group who there was a news article some time ago that we mentioned where they – it's been all these years, obviously, since 69, and then the same 14 got together and did something, some charity thing with the church. And so it was this big news thing, like, we're putting, oh. you know, let bygones be bygones, you know, blah, blah, blah. Let bygones be bygones. Yes. They're just little blips of history. Next one, December 15th. This is incidental, but interesting. First presidency letter giving stake president's authority to set apart full-time missionaries previously only general authorities did this and you'll recall that this kind of expansionist change in authority continued as the church began to grow the lower and lower position the more you could officiate i guess would be the word right because of logistics there's only 15 apostles yeah and delegates they, they can't be everywhere so yeah oh it's just so God. practical that's true. God can be everywhere. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. I accept your apology. Well, let's, let's make it into 1970 at least. Okay. January 18th, and I do remember this. David O. McKay, 
dies at age 96, oldest age to which any LDS president has lived. Now, the reason I remember that, I was with mom and dad. She's watching General Conference, and they announce that he has died. And she wouldn't have known otherwise because right. they never went to church. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she had to hear about it at General Conference. Yeah. And she starts crying. Oh. And our dad is looking at her like, what? Okay. What? Did you know this guy? I mean, like, why are you crying? And she's like, well, they said that once there was 12 prophets, that Jesus would come back. <laughs> what the fuck? Once there was 12. So David 12. McKay was the 12th? Well, no. Here, let me read the next thing. What the fuck? January 23rd. So only uh, five days later. Wow, they're getting good. Yeah. Quorum of the 12 Apostles ordains Joseph Fielding Smith as church president. Okay. So I, I don't know. I just remember that. And I remember that's weird. Dad, dad looking at mom like, what the hell? Are you <laughs> <laughs> well, now Nelson's going to beat that, right? Because Nelson is, Musty Nell has got to be 96, right? Yeah. I, so he I might think his birthday it. that we were talking about may have been his 96th. So he'll, and he's still alive. So he'll probably hit 97. And okay, interesting. I wonder if he'll hit 100. And by the way, Joseph Fielding Smith is the oldest man to become LDS Church president. So when he's first, when he's first ordained, or yeah, they don't know. We don't know if we should ordain or set apart. Well, remember, (laughs) remember uh, what's his name? Um, That bit we played from Packer a couple episodes ago, where he's he explains the patriarch, and he's like. Patriarchs are not set apart. They are ordained. <laughs> and because I think if you're set apart, there's an ending to your call. When you, That's if you're correct. ordained, you're there until you're, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Not a bad correct. Packer impression, That's huh? Good. All right. Really, Thank really you. Really good. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So let me read just this other one because it matches the two, three statements ago. Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. BYU basketball game. So now we're at BYU is disrupt by protest against LDS Church's policy of denying priesthood ordination to African Americans. So if this is 1969-1970, and every week we read something yeah. that was going on, you can see why there had to be a revelation. I was going to say they'd given into pressure, but yeah. I'm sorry. There had to be a well, revelation. Well, that time period wasn't, uh, wasn't as good uh, to a lot of people as it was to Brian Adams, especially mm-hmm. the summer of 69. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. I got my first real six string. Uh, Bought it at a five and dime. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that, you're supposed to uh, sing uh, the next one. Uh, Played it till my fingers, fingers blood. <laughs> it was a summer of 69. Oh, Dave dropped. I like that. A lot of drop there. He dropped a while ago. He has a great voice. I I like Brian Adams. (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of of an ashy, right? With that ashy voice. Yeah. Um, All right, guys. Well, thanks, Dave. I I assume that was the last piece of your segment. That Um, was it. So, folks, let's talk about some culturalisms. Honestly, we could we split this out when we talked offline a little bit into like six or seven different topics mm-hmm. of culturalism in the church, just to kind of put some order around it. Honestly, we could take any one of these topics, I think, yeah, we and talk off. for an entire episode or two. So, we're just going to touch on little 
segments here of little this blips little of history blips of culture do you want to start with food because of the green yeah. jello and carrots title <laughs> yeah perfect, perfect. <laughs> david uh, you and i were talking about the culturalisms and mormonism that you don't you know it's not like none of these exist anywhere else in the world i mean it's true for some which are completely unique mm-hmm. to mormonism mm-hmm. but others you know other people do it like other people do potlucks Oh, yeah. But Mormonism, that was part of the culture. Yeah. Especially early on. I think they've gotten less a little over time. Yeah. It was like official potlucks, and they were used, Dave, you were bringing up the fact that they were used a long time ago. So, I'm I'm thinking like uh, probably even before our time and then into the 60s and 70s and 80s as fundraisers a lot of times. They'd have diamond dip. Did you building diamond dips? Diamond dips were they were aimed at. They were within the stake, so so it wasn't just the ward. If they were about to build a new building Mm -hmm. in the stake, then each ward is allocated. You know, you've got to come up with this much money, and so you would go to this this buffet, and everyone would bring the food, and and so it didn't cost the church anything, right? And they they got all the proceeds, even at a dime a dip. I guess that would add up something. The church isn't very rich. Yeah, it's never been. Yeah, it was probably pretty strapped. You know, honestly, it is today. Yeah, just like it is today. I have a very vivid memory of my first bite of green Jello with carrots. The green (laughs) Jello was excellent, and I thought, who? Would put carrots in it, <laughs> almost, almost like they accidentally spilled them in there or something. <laughs> it just ruined it. And they're like carrot shavings, right? Yeah, like shavings. Yes, yes. strings. Why do strings. you think people did this? Do you think it was like, well, Jello's sugar, so let's off yes. that with something healthy? Do you think that's that was exactly good? what my thought was? Yes, carrots. Yeah. You know, it's probably some revelation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who the well, fuck would put, <laughs> Who the fuck puts carrots in Jello? Mormons. <laughs> oh my God. And some of our listeners might be, what the hell? Are I, I've never experienced that. You're lucky listener. Yeah, and that, and to be honest, I think the jello carrot thing is mainly in Utah. Utah. It is, it is Utah. Utah. Yeah. Um, so it's more of like a Utah culture, which is a direct reflection on the Mormon. Well, we were in California, but, Dave, right? When we had yeah, California. So it's at least. So it's, yeah, it's spread out, but I think you see West, it more often in yeah. Utah than anywhere else. But no, yeah. I, I still had, I lived in Northern Idaho, close to Washington and yep, still had it. Still had green. It's like it's required. Carrots or whatever kind of jello with some kind of vegetable. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Ooh, that, that makes good. sense. Is that beets? Is that an onion? <laughs> an onion? Oh my god! There's an onion in here. What other food kind of stuff? I mean, um, is I mean, there's casseroles are a big thing. Potatoes Funeral potatoes huge. are yummy, right? Yeah, you can't, delicious. Yeah, I can't dislike. Well, there's there's a phrase in the church: "Warm cookie Mormons," and so what that refers to is that when anything goes wrong with you get cookies. a member of the ward, yeah. you get warm warm cookies, and that Culturally. makes everything better. Oh. Makes all the boo all the boo boos go away. Boobs. Huh? No, no. There's more of those. There's more of those. What he's talking about? Talking about like oh, like owies. Yeah, like owies. oh, yeah. okay, all right. So it's not food, but caffeine. Big issue. Right. The word of wisdom thing and then the confusion around it, right? I mean, you guys tell me, I was in an elders quorum meeting once and we had a lesson on the word of wisdom. You're going to have it once in a while, right? And uh, 
<laughs> the teacher, the instructor for Elders Quorum kind of got the eye from the Elders Quorum president. He's like, what are you doing, dude? Like he started getting into the confusion. He's like, well, let's talk about this. Why tea? Because I've studied tea and, and most teas, you know, they're good for you. Why tea? And he threw that as a question out to the quorum and the elders quorum presence, like pulling at his collar. Uh, um, uh. Oh, you just love those lessons. I remember those <laughs> lessons where you could just hear a pin drop in the elders quorum. It's just like <laughs> someone says something like, yeah, you know, I don't understand why Joseph did this. It's, it's really disheartening. Quiet. Yeah. Don't feel the spirit. Crickets. Oh. I, hear, I hear crickets. And what about that, right? And so then you have this thing where there was a period of time. All, all I can tell is my experience, Dave, which is similar, I think. In, and Mitch, you can tell us if this matches, you know, your experience. I mean, there was at least a period of time I remember in the church where there was that confusion, right? And then there was this long period of it's all about the caffeine, and so our parents, I even remember like going to like a Denny's or someplace like that and them ordering decaffeinated coffee and feeling like they were totally obeying the word of wisdom. And then somebody came out at some point, must have been a leader, and they're like, nah, uh, uh, coffee, period, is wrong. It's not just the caffeine. And there was like these uh, mis. I don't want to call them misnomers, misinformation going around. Dave, tell me if you heard this. That, well, that the coffee be bean had stuff in it that was bad for you. Yeah. Satan. Well, mm -hmm. yeah. How scientific you want to <laughs> Here, Here's what, uh, the fruit of what I experienced with, with sodas, not so much with coffee, but with caffeinated sodas. And the ongoing joke was the Mormon church, the only place where – the members don't drink caffeinated drinks in front of each other. When I was in high school, because uh, there was that period of time when I was really young, but caffeinated beverages anywhere. Um, I, I remember yeah. even in high school, it was at the tail end of that cultural mm -hmm. thing where it's like, well, you shouldn't drink anything with caffeine. Yeah. And so I would like get Barks root beer after a basketball. And game. it had caffeine in it. it yeah. My <laughs> coach would always tease me because he wasn't Mormon and he'd always be like, Mitch. <laughs> or no, he'd call me Shira. You're, you're not following your, your church. <laughs> and then, and then it was at the time where Barks had came out with yeah. uh, no caffeine. And yeah. I was like, uh, coach says no caffeine. I'm good. Oh, but, and we were teasing, but uh, the, at the tail end, and then later in my high school, it was like, yeah, it was the, it wasn't about caffeine anymore. Well, no mention all the sugar and all that sh damage of sugar is. Let's not think about that. It, yeah, right. So you have this culturalism. I didn't think about this yesterday when we were talking through our our topics here, but like. There's a huge culturalism in Utah, especially, and yes, it rolls out, right? And other states get it, whatever. But a lot of stuff starts here almost as a filler for what you can't do with the word of wisdom. So like sugar is a huge fucking thing here and like swig oh, and yeah. uh, these other, um, all the different, you know, copycats, so delicious, so delicious and all. soda 
is a huge thing in Utah. Oh yeah. Oh my God. And maybe in Idaho too, Mitch. I don't know no, if no, it was up there. Oh my God. I mean, uh, probably in Southern Idaho because yeah. Southern Idaho and Utah kind of crossover. Yeah. Nevada, it, all, all the neighboring states. Right yeah. At the, right at the borders. The borders. Yeah. They, they have a lot of similar cultural. I mean, it's unbelievable. The, the further away you go from yeah. Utah, it's not. So, hey, as long as it doesn't have caffeine in it, because I think most members still do that, don't they? Uh, we try to avoid caffeine. Uh, I mean, for the most part, I don't know. If they're not, good members, I don't think so. votes, I think no? it's pretty much, in my experience, it's pretty much died out that, which is what we're talking about, the cultural of that kind of died out. Mm. Um, and it's more uh, what it is. So it's just coffee now, and then it's just uh, a tea is still a question mark, right? Like yes, what tea? tea which tea teas are okay? Question mark. Yeah, like what's a split in the membership? Green tea, black tea, no. Some members drink herbal teas. Herbal teas, and here's the funny thing: tea, I, unless I'm mistaken, tell me if I'm wrong. The tea You're leaf oh, sorry. is not an herb. Isn't that an herb? Yes. So herbal yeah. teas are okay, but not the tea leaf. Which is an herb. <laughs> Whatever, man. I, I'm just like, what the fucking fuck? stupid. Yeah. And here, we'll end this drink thing on this. I think I mentioned this some episodes ago for people who hadn't heard that episode. Our father, who did flooring for 40 years, uh, carpet and vinyl and stuff like that, he would often frequent 7-Elevens and these other like mini marts, right, to get drinks. He was addicted to Coke and then Diet Coke and then Coke and then Diet Coke and then Pepsi and then you know, whatever. Yeah. And he would get like the super big gulps. And remember, David, he told us he was in one of those downtown Salt Lake or whatever. He had a job and there's Monson with like a super big gulp of Diet Coke. <laughs> he's like, he's like nailing the Diet Coke. And there's caffeine in Diet Coke. It wasn't caffeine free. How dare. How the hell else are you going to stay awake during those first presidency meetings? No kidding, man. <laughs> you know, he didn't have, he, he missed the generation of cell phones, so he couldn't just pull up in a game on his phone. So he had to stay awake. <laughs> anyway, man, what, what we were talking there, about food. I, I was going to bring up, since we're talking about culture and tradition, there are cultural things. I think it's fair to talk about the cultural thing, positive impact. No, this isn't, there's no positive for the church in our podcast, Mitch. Sorry. Uh, the positive impact I, 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 on Satan. Oh. Oh. Made him. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as he says Satan, we both perk up. Oh, oh. oh okay. So, uh, and, and, and this isn't, I'm not, I'm not saying we've had this discussion before. Oh, the yeah. positive quote unquote things about the church. Yes, we have. Yeah. Aren't unique to the church no that's true most of people them most of them and what i was going to bring up is still to this day one of the cultural aspects of the church which is tradition which is also organization is the community how the church is set up with community is still they're they're, they're very good doesn't mean that everything that you know the culture within that community is positive uh, a lot of times it's not it actually reaps a lot of bad Negative yeah. benefits. Negative but, benefits. I think benefits are positive. Well, by not definition. Benefits. Go on. <clears throat> <laughs> uh, negative. Negatives. Negatives. It reaps a lot of negative negatives. <laughs>
Which is now a positive. Oh, no. Fucking Mitch. <laughs> no. no but, uh, I know. <laughs> I apologize. Wow. Cultural aspects, including the community, which again is not unique to the church, but... I often wish that the community aspect could be applied in a more Yeah. Because that's one thing that I admit I do miss that I'm starting to find elsewhere the the ex Mormon community talks. Mm-hmm. Um and and but but yeah, there's the cultural aspect of that of how the church is set up can can be positive. Just a support system a support and system, automatic exactly. people that you you know have a like a friendly association with. Yeah. No, the only reason the ex Mormon community sucks is there's no green jello. That's a, well, this kind of jello. It's missing carrots, <laughs> and that's kind of leading into our one of our final thoughts on this about uh, fixed friendships or oh yeah whatever behavior arranged, arranged yeah, friendships right. where that's part of the community uh-huh. is, yeah we're all one big happy family meaning like your ward or your branch yeah and i get where you're what you're saying there there's a lot of positive there from can that, be of course. there can be yeah i mean we talked dave offline about some of the forced pretentious stuff in Mormon culturalism with regard to the community and social behaviors versus stuff that could be good. Right. And like the handshaking, it's like there's mandatory, there's like these expectations in the culture. You you shake everybody's hand, whether you want to or not, that's what you do. The greeting is a handshake. Hey, brother, so-and-so sister, so-and-so you have to call them by brother and sister. And if you thought of that, think of any other organization outside the church for a second. If you were so close in this community where you felt, man, all these guys feel like my brothers and these women feel like my sisters here. This is so close and great. Then brother, sister would have like this endearing feeling to it. Exactly. But ironically for me, tell me if you guys felt differently I felt after a while that it was distancing instead of making it closer because, hey, brother, so-and-so, you just, that's the title, brother. And so, it's so repetitive and so used all that that it just, it's a, now it doesn't mean anything. Now, this guy might not only not feel like your brother. You may not like him at all. Yeah. And you may so, not again, normally be You may get a home yeah. teaching companion and you, you really can't stand to be around the guy, but yeah. it's by revelation you were assigned to him. Yeah. So suck yeah. it up yeah. and go meet with some people that you also really don't like. Maybe wouldn't have been friends with That's normally. Okay. Home teaching yeah. is a cultural, doctrinal yeah. shit show of itself of, <laughs> of this. Hey, guys, uh, you need it's ministering now because trying to be like Jesus, but you're doing the same thing, but just go and share a message. Would you come over and wash my feet? Well, and yeah. think about it. You you're, have to do it and you report to us. That was a huge thing. Well, me. tell me if you guys were ever told about it this way, the way you should be thinking about it, you're essentially assigned to be those people's friend. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. what does it say to have a signed friendship? Like to me, that's an oxymoron. Yeah, and that, that was the yeah. very dilemma within me, especially later in my membership. Home teaching was a huge thing that I, I just did not, I started to not agree with because mm. it goes back to the thing that I've talked to you and Dave about this idea of agenda, which it meshes so well with culture and, and doctrine, mm. where you have this agenda for everything, you, including home teaching. And I got to the point where I was like, 
if I, why can't you trust my heart? I'm going to go to my neighbor. It's spontaneous. I see something wrong and I'm going to make sure they're okay. And it got to the point where sharing a message it frustrated. It filled forced. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's like you go in there and pseudo. share a message, bear your testimony. Is that what this is really about? Well, and then what's like, so, what's so, yeah, yeah. What's so funny is like, I don't know if you guys remember as well. I remember a time when the message came down or the instruction came down of, Hey, do what Mitch just said, go in, share a message and leave, please. Don't, don't hang around for a oh, long man, time. I and, I, and I'm like, okay, I get it because somebody must've complained that a lot of their afternoon is being taken or whatever time, you know, these people come over and they'd rather just, you know, chill with their family and yeah. whatever. But, but like, think about that. Now you've even made it more fake. You're like, you go there, you're there to share a message. It's the message was made paramount, not being their friend, not, not really getting a, the energy of the home. And Hey, does it feel like they're doing okay? You go, you share the message and you're out, you know, get out of their hair. And it's like, well, that's not friendship. So how could it be more fake? And I remember, I remember that same kind of sentiment and that, that bothered me. It's like, why, why are we here just to share a fucking message and leave? That they already know that they already know that they just heard in sacrament and in elders corn. How many Sunday school? Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, we're here. Now look, guys, you've heard. (laughs) Yeah. Don't ask me. There is a positive side there. I experienced a positive side of home teaching as a high priest. We were assigned to all the single women. Ah. Well, Frankie's shaking his head again, but he looks like he's going to get you up. So he oh, gave it to you. There it is. He gave it there to it you. is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So language, language is another one we brought oh up. Oh, my God. Replacement swear words. Come on, replacement, replacement swear words. words. Fetch. <laughs> swear words. Fetch. Uh, flip. Uh, fudge. Freak. Freak. <laughs> Freaking, uh, freaking, yeah. I'm. I kid you not. I'm in Costco the other day, and I'm walking past. Must have been a Mormon family. I'm gonna just throw that out there because it's a mom and these little kids, and she's and one of the kids is going ballistic, and she's like, "Shut the freak up!" Freak up. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that's a Mormon." You mom. might as well have just a freak up. <laughs> Oh my heck. Oh my heck. Is that, do they say Uh, that in Idaho too? Oh yeah. Oh, cause I thought it was like this Utahism. I mean, well, David, I had never across the board. No, 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 not. Oh my heck. heck? No, David, back me up here. California. I never heard that phrase. Never, never in my entire life from, Oh my hella. No, they wouldn't say, oh, my hell either, which is the, so that's the thing that blew me away. So we lived in California for these long stints. We'd come back to Utah invariably off and on. (laughs) And we're living here in Utah after one of those long California stints. And this is the first I'm driving now. I'm at that age. I'm paying more attention or whatever. And I'm hearing people say, oh, my hell. Because they're not Mormon, right? But oh they hear God. all the Mormons say, oh, my heck, right? So I'm like, well, if you're saying, oh, my heck, and heck substitutes for hell. So the phrase must be, oh, my hell. And I'm like, oh, my hell. My hell? It doesn't even make sense to me. Like what? Oh, my hell. Well, you're my, hell. Like my personal hell, yeah, yeah. I guess, is what it's. Oh, my hell. My, I don't even know. What you it. did. 
put me in my own personal hell. There's yeah, a sign on the freeway life. here on I-15, right in yeah. St. George down here, where it's one of these these lawyer teams. Yeah. And the sign says, been in a wreck? Oh, my heck. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Like two return oh, missionaries, you know. <laughs> I, it's just so weird, right? Like these, so you have like not only substitute swear words, but you have this echo culture that goes to the non-Mormons in the area who heard something from the Mormons and they're like, well, I'm not going to say heck. So they say, oh my hell, which is the normal. And, and I, I don't know for well, most listeners was- need to ping us on this one. Like send me an email or something. Mike at mormontalk.org. Tell me if you ever heard Oh My Hell, if you lived outside of Utah, Idaho. That's, area. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. What I call this is Mormonese. Mormonese. And even back as a missionary, yeah. I recognized it and we called it Mormonese yeah. back then. Yeah. And it, it's not just the swear words. There's just certain ways of saying things. Well, certain things that don't exist even in other religions, just, right? We have just, our branches, wards, stakes. And a ward, the first time one of my non-member friends in California heard the word ward when I was talking about something at church, and he's like, like prison ward? Yeah. I'm like, no. And then that struck me because I knew what a prison ward was. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow. Good point. Ward. One of our investigators was hesitant to join the church. And he says, you know, I really wasn't going to join until you started mentioning stake centers. Steak centers. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Oh, hell yeah. Sign me up. I was talking to Mike about this the other day when we were discussing this topic. I think it's hilarious. And again, this is poking fun at myself as I did this. And now looking back, swearing, swearing, that's another Utah thing, by the yeah. way. It's, it's, I think it's a elsewhere, but Utahns say, don't swear. Uh, uh, cussing, I guess you could yeah. say is a little. Uh, but it's it's literally communication. You're just releasing an emotion. And so when Mormons, including my past Mormon self, would stub their toe and then they'd be like, son of a biscuit. <laughs> yeah. Lord, son of a biscuit. I did not say the word that I wanting to say, but I substitute it with biscuit. <laughs> it's like, it does not matter. The emotion behind is your the same is the same. Yes. Actually, I read an article after I left the church, started to open myself up to swearing more cussing. Oh, I was like, Mitch. Oh, you know what? I'm going to let loose a little. And wow. I read, I read several articles about the science behind language, especially quote unquote swear words. Yeah. And its main point <laughs> was that, you take away the swear word, it actually lessens the emotion that you're trying to express. Release, yes. You're repressing. Yes. So you're repressing, you stub your which, toe yeah. or you're frustrated and you say, fudge sickle. <laughs> and you want to say, and your emotion is going, I want to communicate that I'm really angry right now and I just want to say, fuck. <laughs> and there's an emotional release. Yeah, it's true. Yes. And Mormons are still doing the emotional release. They're just shorting themselves. They're gaslighting themselves. They're gaslighting themselves. <laughs> They're going, Fudge. 
I want people to tell me that, that word, they don't think the real word when they're saying the fake one. I mean, it's just like with half yeah. it's to the point where you maybe you think of yeah. not the swear swear word, but maybe yeah. you don't. Yeah, half the time I would I swear word. I would think fudge. I would fetch. think fuck, and I would say fetch or something. I actually didn't do the fetch thing. That was kind I didn't of either. Stupid, that was that was very missionary. Really stupid. Really stupid. I had, yeah. I had a couple of mission buddies. But you know what I did do for a while is. I became a fan of the, the, the <laughs> I became a fan of the sci-fi series Farscape and their version of fuck is Frell. <laughs> so I would use Frell and be like, ah, oh, Frell. And then you'd see other Farscape fans in the Elder's Corp or something smile and they'd be like, eh, good one, dude. Well, you know what, you know what Frell is? <laughs> Fucking hell. Fucking hell. Maybe it is. Or yeah. There's yeah. another show. What's it called? Good Place. Uh-huh. She, she thinks she's in heaven at, the, the first season she's in hell. Yeah. And she stands up and she's like, what the fork? <laughs> and she stops and goes, why the fork can I say fork? <laughs> the fork is going up. Because she's forced to say yeah, that. because she's in heaven. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. But yeah, it's it's funny to me that, uh, that language is such a, such a hilarious topic. That This is one of the topics that I could personally just have a whole episode Forever. or two. Forever. Yeah, yeah. It's this idea that you're not saying a bad quote unquote bad word but but you're feeling that same words. emotion yeah more so. it's actually yeah. dumbed down for mormons because it's like oh my heck and you have that little tiny like and then you just i want to say it but i won't you can't totally release it and when yeah. let me tell you all you mormon active mormon listeners that we have in our audience yeah all one and a half the first time you sincerely say fuck it's liberating. It's that emotion. Yeah, it's liberating. It's not about just the word. I had an experience at work where me and another employee almost ran into each other. Uh-huh. I turned real fast and inadvertently ran over my foot. And I just said, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me and he goes, oh, I'm sorry. I go, no, dude. No, I, I did it to myself. <laughs> He was like, what the hell? And I said, dude, you don't understand the therapy involved here. If I had to let that stay inside, I'd been pissed off all day. Yeah, I feel the, fine now. Yeah. And I did. I, I felt fine. fine. Yeah, that's the thing. And and so add that repression to the other Mormon-based repressions, and you have just another repression. It's another way to can your authentic self, put a lid on it, don't express it, don't let it out. You know, how dare you express how you feel and, and let that energy out. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a verbal punching bag, right? It's like, go ahead and punch the bag and let that out and move on, right? But no, they can't. They have to hold it in. It's like you're dirty. You're a bad person for yeah. expressing a natural emotion. We want you to stay dirty. And right okay? now, the yeah. language, I mean, and it's, it's hilarious. It's fascinating because every country is different. Hmm. You could go to a Mormon in Utah and they could be like, serving a mission in wherever Germany and they'd be like, you know what they say for fucking or fudge in Germany? But they'll say it and be like, ha ha ha. It's so hilarious. I'm like, it's even like that in entertainment here. Yeah. It's even like that in entertainment. Like they'll, you'll see a British show made by Americans and they'll Mm -hmm. throw bugger and bloody and all this shit. And you're like, dude, that's some bad shit in British language, but we don't care because it's not fuck. Okay, real real quick. A teaching institute, one of my students is a gal who just got back from England. Yeah. She was from England originally, had visited, came back, and I was reading the title of a talk 
from Jowl and Howells <laughs> entitled The Bitter Cup and the Bloody Baptism. And when I said the word bloody, she Went just white. her eyes bugged out. Yeah, yeah. And I go, are you okay? And she goes, well, in England, bloody that's a really bad word. Menstrual. Yeah. A bitter cup and the fucking baptism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, so, yeah. It's Is that <laughs> So again, depending on your culture, Jesus Christ. there you go. It's all culture. It is. So you man. were talking about entertainment and yeah. movies. Oh and so God, mo- yes. Movie yeah. ratings. Movie ratings when we were growing up oh, was I such a big deal. Yes, revelation for deal. some listeners on that. But go ahead, Dave. I mean, you've got some. Well, again, you studied it and couldn't find any statements from general. Here's the thing, right? If you do an interview with, go downtown on a weekend where a bunch of people are going to the temple and so like have a microphone out there and just you know be dressed like a missionary even put a missionary tag on whatever right so people will talk to you here a friendly person here you know i'm not anti well that's that's a new name Noah. tell me right new name Noah has done that another one yeah shitheads i mean it's another one of those freaks another one of those uh shiz heads those shiz heads fudge them fudge them all so go up and ask any active Mormon, okay? They just got out of the temple. Hey, we're doing a survey here. We just want to create clarity for some of our non-Mormon friends about our beliefs. And, you know, go through a list. And and as one of your questions, say, now, uh, Mormons cannot see rated R movies. Yes? Put the mic in their face. Yes, that's correct. And and how do you know that? Why is that, you know, who gave that that requirement or that, that uh, prohibition? Uh, the prophet. The prophet said, don't see radar movies. Really? The prophet? Yeah, the prophet. No prophet and no apostle has ever said, don't see rated R movies. Zero. Hmm. Zero. There have been plenty who have talked about the topic of good media. Yeah, and they, they say and, it's not about the rating. It's yeah. about- and there was a John, by the way, or similar guy that gave a fireside. Mm-hmm. Years and years ago, because this is obviously cultural, it's what we're talking about, and it's gone oh. through the grapevine. And so uh, he said in the fireside to the youth that he was talking to, so he's not an authority, he's just a fireside dude. Yeah, and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know, if you're a good Mormon, whatever, and you should probably not, she rated our movies. And, blah, blah. and so that statement spread like wildfire viral back then. Oh, yeah. And that's the culture. So now if you ask, oh, yeah, the prophet told us to, no. Nobody's ever said that. It's just hilarious. It's, it's about the content. Yeah. Usually, usually the rated R movies rated are R. with nudity and more than one F-bomb. Yeah. Um, it used and, to be even less would be rated well, R. PG, clear back yeah. in the 70s. No, dude. Yeah, it's changed over time. But I don't know if you remember this, David. Did you ever see the movie Cocoon from Ron Howard? Yeah. That was the yeah. first or one of the first movies that had the PG-13 rating when PG-13 came oh. out. And I remember being shocked as a kid when I watched it. And I don't remember how old I was, 11, 12, 13, doesn't matter. Hormones. And watching Cocoon, oh, it's safe. It's PG. Yeah, PG-13, but it's PG. It should be safe. And there's a scene where this alien chick, she's an alien embodied in a female human, is in the swimming pool or something. She gets out and walks away full back unity. And let me tell you, baby head back. Okay. (laughs) Holy shebang. And I'm like, what the fuck? And mom's hand goes in front of my eyes. Oh, you can't. 
And PG, what I was, heck? what the fretch? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> and she, PG-13. So that would have been R but at that was, period. That was pivotal in your life because that's when you knew you were very straight. That's right. I was straight at that moment, actually. <laughs> the rating scale has slidden down to hell just like the planet. This planet is headed into yes. the sewer. And you didn't Satan. know, Mitch, the past tense of slide is slid, and the past past tense of slid is slidden, as Dave has just revealed. Slidden into hell. <laughs> so it's slide, slid, has slidden. I think that's a cultural oh, uh, God. word. Yes. What else did we want to talk? There was a few other topics we've talked well, about. Appearances. You know, so we talked about, for instance, oh, is the way oh. the way you keep up your house. Yeah. If you walk into a Mormon, an active Mormon's home, you're going to see certain pictures on the wall. Jesus, uh, yep. You're, you're going to see a, usually a, a musical instrument or mm-hmm. two, a piano, things like this. Right, uh, right. Something yeah. that's not related is, I guess, it's not related at all. Actually, record keeping. Keep your journals. Mm-hmm. That's cultural. Genealogy. No, no, yeah. no other people keeps records like. Hell no. People in the Mormon church. And yeah, and cultural. I mean, Mitch talked about positives. That is one positive. It is is, is like it's a very it's a because of the people will tell you this too. Like even professional genealogists, they'll tell you that because of what those Mormons have done with their records and things, there's genealogy and history available that's totally unrelated to religion that they're able to take advantage of for themselves and their mm-hmm. clients because of the Mormon record keeping. And it's ironic because. Yeah. Mormons are so fascinated with history. Yeah. And that's the very thing that's kicking their ass. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> Write everything down. Hide that journal as deep and dark as you can. I'll always think of Joseph. I'm always going to forget whether it's Fielding or F. Who, okay. who, yeah. Oh, Joseph fucking Smith. <laughs> One of the fuckers. <laughs> who cut the fucking page out of Joseph Smith Jr.'s original <laughs> journal. <laughs> I mean, God damn. Yeah. Uh, so talk about history biting you in the ass. But yeah. anyway, we're going a little off topic there. But yeah, you're right, Dave. I mean, record keeping, history, uh, oh, yeah. journals. Um, well, like early morning seminary even before there was the, the you know. Which you probably never had to do. Oh, Mitch. I did. Oh, you did That's do early morning seminary. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, it was. So in other words, as a non-Mormon neighbor, and I'm observing the activity of, let's say, two or three Mormon families in my neighborhood, I'm seeing mm-hmm. some very, you know, similar types of things going on. What what the hell are they doing now? Yeah. Why, it's Saturday. Why are they going to church on Saturday? Well, and I and had it. Yeah. Did Why you ever have friends that made you wonder that for different religions too? And then you realize Mormonism was even more extreme. Like I had friends that went to catechism hmm. and uh, Jehovah's Witness friends went to uh, uh, something else. Um, anyway, uh, oh, it, 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 it strikes you as cultish when these kids are going to this class thing hmm? on a regular basis. And, but for me, it wasn't cultish cause I was Mormon. Well, that's what, that's what you do. To. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's yeah. other, Oh, mod- we could get into modesty. Modesty is a huge, Oh my God. Cultural, cultural modesty. Oh of, man. Here's this teaching. Yeah. Um, and this is how the culture spins it. I guess one of my main points with cultural views or cultural aspects of the church mm. related to doctrine is I often get in conversations with uh, active members now and 
some of the things I'll bring up, what we've talked about, coffee, modesty, language, the list goes on. And some of them like follow the prophet. Oh, that's cultural. And it's not. No. All of these are cultural, but where it, it members, it frustrates me because members, including myself, again, including who I, how I used to think, it's almost like a gaslighting. Yeah. It's like this band aid. They're like, well, no, that's not what the church actually teaches. This is just culture. It's almost like culture just sprung out of nowhere. Right. Poop. Yeah. That. We don't know where that came from. It's culture, but it's not what we actually teach. It's actually <laughs> what you teach, you dumbass. Yeah. And I'm talking to myself too. I used to do it. I have to jump over so many hurdles. Well, that's cultural. We don't say that the prophet won't lead you astray. That's that's a cultural thing. Mormons just kind of grasp that. No, that's no, that it's, straight from- and that's the thing, right? Like <laughs> by their fruits, that's one of my wife's favorite verses because her father, my father-in-law has got on us on some things, right? And she'll mention, well, what about this? What about that? She'll just bring little things up, a lot of which the members do, right? Cultural stuff and stuff that's become cultural-based doctrine. Exactly. And so- It's just magnified. Yeah. And so maybe it's not taught over the pulpit, verbatim but the brethren know that it's happening and they aren't saying anything to stop it because they know oh okay oh it's this thing oh well that just keeps them in line more never mind let them think that let them think that so we'll let that be a cultural doctrine so she'll bring stuff like that and and what does she get the typical response well the members aren't true, but the church is. Yeah, it's, and it's so she threw back at him one day. The verse just popped in her mind. She's like, uh, by their fruits, you shall know them. Exactly. What does that mean? Blaming the culture for everything that you don't like. That comes from the, the church. church. It is it doesn't the just, culture. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's usually mag- there are some cultural aspects of Mormonism that are so magnified that, yeah, you can trace it back and be like, oh, I understand. It's still the same concept, but you guys have taken it to another extreme. Bigger. Yeah. But the same thing, you're, you're teaching that principle. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. And, and I made a TikTok about... Oh, my God. That coffee. crying relief society yeah. uh, will go and down in history talk. Comments you saw that one, God right, was, Dave? Where she's like... I think it was one of the Relief Society presidency and conference. Yeah, a, and she tells like a story about this, this pioneer woman who had to have her cup of coffee. And because she had to have that cup of coffee... <laughs> An entire generation fell not enter the Lord's house and make covenants, and neither could her children. And and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Here's a perfect example. Um, Mormons on on my in my TikTok comments would be like, "You're misrepresenting this teaching. That's very cultural." It's it's about following, but it was allowed God. to be taught and I was in like, general conference. Wait a minute, yeah. I'm misrepresenting because that's a very cultural thing, and you're saying the real reason is because you're supposed to follow the prophet. And what does the prophet say? And what does the prophet say? Don't Man. drink coffee. No, I I hit it right on the head. <laughs> Dumb shit. <laughs> it's just like yes. No, no, no. That's not what we actually. You're, you're misrepresenting. It's, where it's a it's a very much deeper faithful principle. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's the exact same thing. It's magnified to these little 
subculture <laughs> principles, but the very core, you can trace any kind of cultural thing and the mm. very core is just the magnification of the absurdity. But appearances, the things appearances. About, oh, the way yeah, things yeah. look, appearances oh, it, is everything. Oh, everything. Yeah. I mean, just it, yeah. it doesn't matter what's really going on as long as it looks okay. And sweep That's that shit under the rug. Very, yeah, pretentiousness. We were talking about it offline. We were thinking of it as pretentiousness. You pretend in the Mormon church, pretending is a very big part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Because if what they said was true, kind of goes back to the point you were making, Mitch. Yeah. If what they say, even over the pulpit, was true about, you name it, the core stuff, the atonement, forgiveness, the power of Jesus in your life, you know, et cetera. If all that was true, the fruits you would see, okay, appearances, the mm-hmm. fruits you would see, like if you were a total non-member, you walked into any stray building during church, you would see kindness, friendliness, you know, a clean, happy people, you know, hey, brother, hey, sister. And so they do all those things. Mm-hmm. And if they have 12 kids, they're all on the same bench with no hair out of place in their little mini mm-hmm. suits and mini dresses. And the appearances are that you are in a true church. Wow, this You're must happy, be perfect right? and happy and true. You're happy. Then you go home and beat the kids and take the <laughs> drugs and rape the animals. Wow, and, that's, you know, I don't think I've, I've ever... <laughs> One, uh, you must have no. You, you got that out of order. You oh. know, do the animals first, yeah. Oh, the animals first, because because that doesn't go very well. You start beating on the kids. <laughs> and then well. that doesn't go that well, so you snort some coke and. Oh, there you go, right? You know, but as long as it comes around and you part your hair and you, yeah, right, you're you're good. Yeah, Appearances, and you talk, Dave, about the neighborhood level too. It's a big deal. Your yard well, should be impeccable. Within all of that, yeah. is this idea of what we've mentioned in previous episodes is of toxic positivity, toxic positivity. A lot of these topics that we've hit on, I know that each of us in our team types of members that recognize the absurdity. Yeah. The exception. They don't. Yeah. Like I, I was in a ward uh, where I think the Bishop called everyone by their first name and it was new. I was like, and it feels good. Not, it, it feels like intimate. Personable. Yeah. It's personal. Yeah. Like, oh, don't call me. You, you can call me Gary. Yeah. Her, and yeah. it's like, Wow. Wow, that's that's big. Yeah. But that's rare. Yeah, it is rare. And, and yeah. the idea that you need to put on this show to be able and it's it's very subconscious. You're not going in going, Okay, I gotta put on this show that I'm No, happy. you just do it. Be happy. You just do it. It's it's ingrained yeah. in you. Yeah. And when you're mad at someone or upset, you're conditioned to look at the silver lining yeah. of all else and have this toxic positive oh, my blessings. That's all part of the appearance to yeah. me, which is cultural, but it's there it stems from the deepest well yeah and i say part of that appearance dave you and i hit yesterday in our conversation when you were talking about neighborhoods and you know keeping up with the joneses and stuff and Mm -hmm. because a big part we've had a whole episode on this a big part of what is taught in the book of mormon itself is prosperity preaching if you obey the gospel you will be blessed tangibly physically you know telestially and spiritually and you were talking dave what were you sharing again about your neighborhood experience with that about possessions and well i did live for a while in a fairly upscale neighborhood yeah and uh that's before you you were caught on your drug 
d- right. drug business, right? Okay. You had to keep the fences painted. The the yard had to be immaculate. Yeah. And all the whole thing. I mean, if if even if you invited friends over, and we did, we we'd have these groups of you know ten and twelve couples would come over and things like that. You got to be playing the right music. Oh yeah. The pictures have to be right. Oh, know, and then if your neighbor right. gets a boat, now you're pressured because they must be obeying the gospel if they're that <laughs> if they're that blessed, right? Well, they're obeying the bank and they're in debt up to their ass. And then now comes a BMW into the driveway, so you yeah. well now I they're being blessed even more. They must be yeah. really obeying the gospel. Well, he's the state president. Oh, that's right. Don't get us wrong. Culture is a part of every society. There are things that we do. Even now as an ex-Mormon, there are still cultural things that you do to play the game. Play the game. You, yeah. you try to sift through that. Every society has them, every community. <laughs> the important thing is, is in, in my mind, Mormonism, culture, every culture can be damaging. The LGBTQ plus issues that we're having, especially in Utah, members will say, like Jana Rice will say, well, that's very cultural. It's not. It's doctrinal. The culture magnifies some yes. of the deepest shit that the church teaches. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. that's and right. You can't keep using it as a scapegoat. The culture is a manifestation of the teachings. Exactly. And, and there are and, some things yeah, that, yeah, are yeah. taken out of hand and you go, yeah, you know what? But it grew from a teaching. It grew from yeah. a teaching. It didn't it's just sprout out of nothing. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. actually... It reveals the true intent of Mormonism. Yeah, yeah. Which is why a lot of members... Dude, can't look at money, them. business, MLMs. <laughs> MLMs. Some listeners may not understand or know this. I researched it just because I saw a documentary on MLMs and I thought it was interesting where the BBC, a BBC reporter was doing investigations of sing, mostly single women who, who had a kid or didn't, whatever, in Great Britain who uh, were members of an MLM over there and because there were complaints about the MLMs kind of taking advantage of these women and pulling them in to, hey, be a member, you'll get rich and it'd be work from home. And it would always took more investment and time than what they got back. And so there was these issues and these women were having really hard times. And so she followed the story and it led her to Utah, Ah. which she found well over 95% of all the MLMs in the entire world start in Utah. (laughs) I'm not making this up in Utah. Tell me why that culturally makes sense. Why does an MLM make sense in Utah? Well, Well, stay at home mothers. And what about the culture of MLMs? You sell to your friends and your she. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah. But, hey, Susie. <laughs> hey, Marky. You know, I got this new thing. You should like come look at. It's like the ward, mm-hmm. and you're sharing the gospel, and that's, this is this why, great thing. That's why these sales companies, yeah. especially in Utah, just go crazy after RMs. Yes, because they literally. If you've served a mission. You, need you have sales you experience. This hard truth yet? Yeah, you have sales you were, experience. You have sales experience. That's right. And if you now you can say I have sales experience because. That even if that's all you did, you served a mission, didn't do any. You have sales experience. You have sales experience and you can, two years of sales experience will get you a job. (laughs) And look at the structure. You've got the bishop and the people who work under him and then the elders Mm -hmm. and then the people under him and then the lay members. MLMs are designed like the church. It's a pyramid. Exactly. Exactly (laughs) like the church. You got the prophet at the top. Oh, my. And you know, am I wrong? This is it. This it's a it's a mockery of the church, a symbol of the church. It's also a mockery of the sacredness of the church. 
<laughs> right. One last thing. One of my biggest pet peeves about the cultural slash doctrinal teachings of the church. It goes along with swearing, cussing. So I should have brought this up. The concept of taking the Lord's name in vain. Oh, the back to the language. Yeah. Doctrinal teaching. Of, yeah. Thou shalt not take the Lord thy God's name in vain. And so Mormons and actually a lot of Christians, but mainly Mormons are like, you stub your toe, Jesus Christ, don't talk about my savior a light tone. <laughs> and it's like, I used to be like that. And when I left, <sighs> the very thing, <laughs> the very thing that the church teaches so strongly, do not, do not mock God, do not take his name in vain, blah, 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 blah. And the ironic thing is, is they're one of the worst offenders <laughs> the very thing taking the lord's name in vain has nothing to do with saying jesus christ because you stub your toe it's claiming that the lord has said something and saying that you're the prophet basically i the lord said this and you have to do what i say so you better do it and then interesting it. twist huh on taking he, the lord's name in vain it. and then yeah. uh, you think the lord's going to be more pissed about uh, Joe over there, if not he, Joseph Smith, Joe yeah. going, oh my God, Jesus fucking Christ, or an organization <laughs> that used his name, and I don't believe in God, but an organization where 95% of their history, they've used God's name to do so much bad fucking bullshit. You think God's up there going, oh, he stepped his toe and he said my name. <laughs> Like, are you serious <laughs> that's actually a really good point it's very cool it's a very good doctor. point right giving blessings in the name of jesus christ with a fake priesthood <laughs> that's probably taking god's name in vain right if god no, existed maybe i would be more more entertained with that if i was got to be like oh it's like little fan fiction <laughs> fan fiction <laughs> oh they've made this weird story about me where they think they have my power to only men <laughs> just let them play oh that's pretty funny any final thoughts dave meet me at the cultural center 